Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Our mission is to transform lives through enduring hope, loving compassion, skilled support, and effective steps to healing after loss. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode, I can't see my notes, 138, Identity and Connection. (laughs) I love that we're here talking about identity and connection at the beginning of the year. There is very definitely a feeling of starting new, new beginnings, hope and expectation for what could be in the new year. Maybe you have some ideas of what you want coming up. Maybe you don't. This isn't going to be your traditional, let's set a goal. That's not what this is about. Um, It's going to be a little different than that. But that idea of wanting to set resolutions and goals is a, a real energy this time of year. It's not just something in our head. It's an energy that, that exists at this time of the year. And I'm wondering how that feels for you this year. If your grief is heavy, you may feel resistant to the new beginnings concept. It may be hard to wrap your mind and heart around that, and that's okay. If your grief isn't as fresh, perhaps you have some anticipation of better days ahead and the energy of the new year feels hopeful to you. Either way, it's all good. I think connecting to our individualism, is that a word? And our identity is super important as we think about what we want next. So in today's episode, we'll talk about balancing our needs with the needs of others, because that's we, we see this balance every day in our life. We have certain needs. Some are very, very obvious. We need to eat. We need to sleep. We need to drink water. There's some very, very obvious needs. And then there's some not so obvious needs and some very unique needs that we have as individuals. And I was reading Anita Morjani. It's M-O-O-R-J-A-N-I. Her new book, Sensitivity is the New Strong. And perhaps I've mentioned it here before, but I highly recommend this book, especially if you are sensitive or particularly empathic. This is a really important book. Really, really good. Anita's first book was Dying to Be Me, which is all about her near-death experience when she nearly died of cancer. In fact, she did, but um, came back and continues to live to this day. But her new book, Sensitivity is the New Strong, is talking a lot about like how to navigate as a sensitive person in, in the world today. And there was a section in there that really caught my attention. I just loved the way that she presented this. And so that's what I want to talk about today. First, I want to ask, what do you think of when I say the word ego? What do you think of when I say the word ego? If you're like most people, you probably think of that person that's just full of themselves, that's really self-centered. This is what Anita Borjani says. She says, over the years, psychoanalytic interpretations of the term have ended up equating the ego with narcissism, 
quite likely because spiritual leaders have spun it this way. That said, a humble and kind person can actually have a strong ego. Isn't that interesting? So we're going to talk about the definition of ego and why she says this. But she goes on to say, having an ego gives you self-confidence. It gives you the strength and insight to stand up for yourself in situations where you feel vulnerable or exploited. Being egocentric, on the other hand, involves being self-centered and self-serving, often to the detriment of others. Egocentric people frequently display a lack of empathy for the needs and feelings of others and the world at large. As a result, the ego and egocentricity are often put in the same basket. Okay, I want you to see how she separates this. Ego is different than being egocentric. The Cambridge Dictionary definition of ego says your idea or opinion of yourself, especially your feeling of your own importance and ability. The Oxford English Dictionary defines it as a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. So synonyms for ego could be self-esteem, self-importance, self-worth, self-confidence, self-respect, self-image, all those, those words that talk about really seeing the worth of our own being, of, of seeing the worth of being a person in the world. I, I often think about, like, there's, there's just something about society that sometimes can wipe out our identity. It's really interesting how unique each of us are. In fact, I started my book, Miracles in the Darkness, talking about that exact thing, in fact, I'm going to open it up. I just happen to have a copy sitting on my desk. I'm going to open it up right now and we read what I wrote right at the very beginning in the, in the intro, of, um, which is the intro introduction is called We All Have a Story. We all have a story. Every single person has an extraordinary and important story. Our distinctive experiences make us who we are. Absolutely no two people on the planet share the same story, even within the same family, which I think is so remarkable. The uniqueness of each of our lives is amazing. I just, I really like geek out thinking about how unique we all are. And maybe I really feel that at, at the core of my being because I grew up with twin brothers who people got confused all the time because they were identical twins. And so sometimes people thought they were talking to Jim when they were talking to John and vice versa. So I, I grew up with these brothers that looked so similar. Of course, I could tell them apart. I grew up with them in my household. And, and personality-wise, sure, there were some similarities, but they were very different people. And so even in that situation where they, they shared such close genes to each other in, in the way that they looked and in some ways the way that they act, they were very different people. So recognizing that we're all individuals and that there's a beautiful, beautiful reason why we're all different. Not everybody wants to get on and do a podcast called Build a Life After Loss. That is unique to me. What is unique to you? Unique to me is my love of playing the piano, of painting. Now, there are other people in the world that love to play the piano. There's other people in the world that love to paint. 
but we are all unique. The way that I express my uniqueness is going to be different than the way you express your uniqueness. And when we own our uniqueness, when we don't push that away, when we don't just kind of blend into the background, but really, really identify with who we are, each person has a beautiful, beautiful gift to give. I I truly believe that at my core, that we're all unique for unique reasons. We're all here to bless the planet. Every single one of us is here to bless the planet in our own way. So a couple of core concepts that Anita shares is that a healthy and kind person can actually have a strong ego and that a healthy ego protects and fortifies you. We're going to dive a little deeper into that, but having a healthy ego, how does it protect and fortify you? Maybe you listened into my Holidays and Grief Survival Guide webinar that I did just last month. I really emphasized this idea that that you you may want to get a, together with a group of people or you may not. You may want to listen to cr- cr- Christmas music and you may not. You may want to listen to music in general and you may not. You you may want to play games, you may not. You may want to there there's so many things that make us unique. And when we are clear about who we are, we have a healthy ego, then we protect our identity by standing up for ourselves and being in a place of taking care of ourselves. It's a huge part of taking care of ourselves is to have a strong sense of self. But for the sake of being clear, based on current connotations of the word ego, I'm going to use the word self-esteem. So we're going to talk about self-esteem. Remember, that was one of the synonyms of ego. Now there's a second part. I, I just love the way she she shared this concept of the ego and conscious awareness. Conscious awareness means that we're aware of others. We're aware of others. We're aware of their needs. We're aware of their desires. We're aware of their feelings. We're aware of the people around us. We're aware of what's happening around us, how others are doing, how they're feeling. Sometimes some people have a really high, um, high, like this is really amped up and you might call them empathic or high sensitivity, but people have a high regard and a concern for others. That's conscious awareness means that we don't, we're not just going through our day unconscious of what other, the other people in our, in our homes, at our work, the people around us we're not completely unaware of what they're thinking and feeling. So the way she presented this, it was so brilliant. It It was like thinking of it as two knobs on a radio that were tuned in. So if you have your, if you have your, um, self esteem all the way dialed up and your consciousness all the way dialed down, in other words, your conscious awareness of others dialed all the way down, then 
that equates into narcissism because you're not aware of other people at all, but you think so highly of yourself and you totally disregard others. The other way that these dials can be dialed is if you have your, if you have your conscious awareness all the way up and there's no self-esteem. So then you're just completely consumed with, with what other people think and feel and, and our experience and how they're doing. And you totally have your, your self-esteem dialed all the way down, which then makes us martyrs and puts us in a position of being walked on and not taking care of ourselves. So it's super important that we have those dials both dialed all the way up. I love this so much because I think in, in the past we've thought of it in terms of I either have health, self, healthy self-esteem or I have sensitivity to others, but I can't have both. Uh, maybe it's just me. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm the only one that's thought of it this way. But I, I think there's some definite possibilities, a, a definite uh, trap that we can we can fall into of thinking that we if we're aware of others and we're completely self-sacrificing that 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 means that we shouldn't be aware of ourselves and our own needs and vice versa. There's definitely societal programming around this and I'm going to make some huge generalizations so don't throw stones at me. <laughs> But if we think about the way that society programs us and the way that just the structure of society, there's a generalization based on societal conditioning and partially the way that we're programmed. In other words, you might see men with their ego knob or their self-esteem knob really high and their awareness knob low you might see women with their awareness knob really high and their ego or their self-esteem knob really low. Men, and again, this is just generalizations. This really goes for anybody. But people with their ego knob high are challenged to turn up the awareness knob. So it's important if you're in a position where you have your self-esteem is super, super high, but you don't have a lot of awareness of others that you turn up that knob of awareness of others. And if you are someone who has their awareness knob really high, then the challenge is to turn up the ego knob, to turn up the self-esteem knob. It's not to turn down either one. We don't need to let go of our identity or let go of our awareness of others as much as we need to have both of those knobs turned high so that we can be in the best position to take care of ourselves and take care of others. Let me talk a little bit about a continuum. This is thoughts that I had as I was reading, reading about these knobs of ego and conscious awareness. And that was, if you think about it as a continuum, and self-esteem, you know, what we want is self-esteem. What we want is a healthy ego, which means self-esteem. On one end, if we if that's dialed down too low, then it becomes 
worthlessness. And if it's dialed too high without the balance of the conscious awareness, then it can become selfishness. So we don't want to have our self-esteem dialed so high that that it's a selfishness. In other words, it's not balanced with conscious awareness. And we don't want to have it dialed so low that we feel worthless. It's really being in that sweet spot of loving ourselves with a pure love, not with an egotistical love, but with a pure love of I'm worthy of taking care of myself. I'm a good person. I'm kind. I have worth. Therefore, my needs are have worth and my desires have worth. And if I have a goal for the new year and I'm taking into account the um, effect that that will have on others, then I'm in a good space where I can really go for my goal, knowing that I have both of those knobs turned up, that self-esteem knob and that conscious awareness of others. Now, if, if the conscious awareness of others If that's on a continuum, if we turn that down, we become aloof. We become like we're just kind of checked out. And if we have that dialed too high, then that's where we kind of become into um, a place of, in other words, dialed too high without a healthy ego without a healthy self-esteem, then we can martyr ourselves to situations, to people. And and that's really why, one of the reasons why Anita Morjani wrote this book is because in in her own personal experience, one of the reasons that she was so unhealthy is because she was so sensitive, she was so empathic, she was so concerned about others that she wasn't taking care of herself herself. And you can read her book to really understand where she's coming from on all this. But I thought it was such a beautiful description of the need to have a balance between healthy self-esteem and healthy conscious awareness of others. Self-confidence is all about loving yourself, having compassion for yourself, recognizing yourself with the same regard that hopefully you would give anyone else. It's really be equal in that regarding ourselves as equally and as beautifully as we would regard others. All right, just a reminder, the True Hope Club is opening Keep your fingers crossed later this month. (laughs) It is a place of support right for right where you're at. Online support for right where you're at and hope for your future despite your challenges and rebuilding your tomorrow to be a place of purpose and happiness. I hope you'll come join us. You will be amazed at what a difference it can make. I get notes from people all the time on what a difference it makes for them in their grief journey to have this level of support and tools to build skills to improve their life day by day. I'm excited to provide this level of support and encouragement to you every month. In fact, every day. 
So good stuff. Join the wait list at buildalifeafterloss.com slash list. Have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.